0: us on zoom so thanks for those beautiful announcements yeah and the promise of coffee is 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 helpful (laughs) all right well let's pray Abba we pray that your word would go forth and encourage your people this morning and uh, build up your community and in Yeshua's name we pray amen Otto Koning was a Dutch missionary in Papua New Guinea and he retells a story called the pineapple story raise your hand if you've ever heard of this or are familiar with it I've sent it to a few few people because uh, I think it's very helpful and I'm going to share a little bit of, of his story today in order to tell the story I'm going to use the word Christian which is the word that Otto uses and we understand in our context in Messianic Judaism this means a follower a disciple of Yeshua, but uh, that's this is the word that he uses, of course, and that's the word word that is used in broader Christianity. So we're we're not afraid of those words. Amen. All right. So Otto had a big problem. Uh, he describes uh, the native people as chronic thieves. He says God sent him to learn this verse from Luke fourteen thirty three, and uh, let's read it together. Whoever does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Let's read it again. Whoever does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Let's remember that word, disciple, because this is kind of a, a religious word, right? We, we use it, we've heard it, perhaps, but uh, what does it really mean? So we're going we're gonna to figure that out today. So Otto explains that in the Dutch culture, he's, he's uh, from Holland, uh, they hang on to their possessions. They are viewed as stingy, and uh, the natives he was working with called him the stingy white man. That's uh, how he was known. One time, a woman came over. She had a beautiful uh, necklace, and on the necklace was uh, they found their can opener that they had uh, that they had misplaced. Right. Another time, uh, his wife couldn't find the diaper pins for the baby, and some some of them showed up with uh, these uh, beautiful pins on their ears. And one time, a guy came in staggering in. He couldn't see straight. Um, and what was wrong? He had his wife's prescription sunglasses on, and he uh, was that wasn't. His uh, prescription apparently. Otto used to go to their houses. He used to go back and, and and collect all of his things. He'd bring a box to put it all in. They called him the missionary with the box, and uh, he didn't like that. And they called they called him Tuhan. That was just the name uh, the name they gave him. They said Tuhan, you're always angry, and he said I was never angry until I met you people. You know I could be a real good missionary if it wasn't for you all right? That's what I used to say when I was a school teacher, right? I'd be a great teacher if it wasn't for these students, you know? Or sometimes if it wasn't for the parents. But anyway, that's another story. Okay, that doesn't apply here, right? I'm, I, I can still be a great rabbi because you guys are great. So this is present company excluded, all right? Um, his prized possession, uh, auto that he had were his pineapples. Why was that? Well, the, the trees take three years to bear fruit you have to plant them you have to be very patient so uh and guess what he didn't even know what they tasted like because they would grab them off and uh the the vine you know and they would come into his garden and steal his pineapples and uh even even before they were ripe and so he never got to taste a single one and uh, Otto had a medical clinic, and he got tired of them stealing his pineapples, so what did he say? If you keep stealing my pineapples, you don't get any medicine. So they stood on his porch with their, their heads were hurting, they were rubbing their heads, and they, they let their babies get sick, and they blamed the stingy white man. And so Otto was grieved in his heart, so he, you know, he decided he had to open the clinic again you know in in their society stealing was just a part of their culture they would train their little kids to you know okay you go in and and get this and you know they would knock on the front door and then they would be in the back and they had a they had a whole system so Otto decided what am I going to do so he closed the trade store that he had with matches and salt and other provisions so uh, the native people decided there was nothing there for them right in that area so they just they just moved out they moved deeper into the jungle so Otto said he got a great vacation he finally got to taste uh, those pineapples it was great for a bit he got all his reports done all his his letters written you know and then three more weeks and guess what he didn't have uh, you know no phone no TV no newspapers so he got bored And on top of that, he was getting a little convicted, right? Here he is, you know, the church is supporting him, and uh, there aren't any people right? So uh, so he got them to come back, but now he had tasted the pineapples, so now it was even worse, because now he couldn't get any, but he knew how sweet, how beautiful they were. And they said, Tuhan, you're always angry. And then he decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a dog. Right? And they were so afraid of that dog, they jumped, you know, uh, onto the roofs of the, of the houses and stuff like that. They did not like the dog. And uh, so, you know, some of them, he said that they were, you know, limping before that, they were you know suddenly healed because they were getting away from this dog, and they ran away and jumped on the roof. Um, so they used to follow him around everywhere, right? They give him, you know, uh, are you going to eat all of that? You know, kind of follow him around, and they were very close. But uh, then, uh, because of the dog, there was some distance. And uh, he used to sit around with them and learn their culture and language and just commune with them. And then he realized, well, I guess I have to get rid of the dog because I can't really... Uh, <laughs> (laughs) can't really commune with these people he tried everything he put a stake in the garden and he said he told the people all the pineapples on this side are mine and all the pineapples on that side are yours right and he thought you know 50% that's a record for a Dutch person right he thought I'm doing pretty well and what do you think happened they took they took pineapples from both sides right and he was he was convicted of course about his anger uh, and he would promise god that he wouldn't get angry and he knew he knew it was wrong but he he was kind of caught in a cycle you know have you ever ever experienced something like that you make a promise to god i'm not going to do that again but then you're just kind of caught in this cycle and so the lord has to you know bring us out of that uh finally he went uh he uh, took furlough and he went out to a seminar and this and uh, as he was going uh, he got on a plane it was you know halfway around the world he said I'll go anywhere but back to those people right and he said uh, (laughs) how many of you know that when you tell God I'll do anything but that oftentimes that's what he wants you to do right because he wants our hearts he wants us to surrender to him so anyway at the seminar the speaker was talking about giving up our rights giving up our rights and Otto kept thinking about his garden halfway across the world and the more he thought about his garden he became more and more miserable and the speaker said give your possessions to God because God takes care of his property whatever you give to God with the right motives you will never lack in that thing. Whatever you give to God, you will never lack in that thing. Whatever he's Lord of, he does a better job than we ever could. And then the speaker said, the people you fight with, you'll never be able to win for the Lord because you're fighting with them all the time. That's not a witness. And he said, if you keep fighting for your rights, eventually you'll destroy your own health. And Otto realized that's exactly what happened. He had terrible nerves. He couldn't sleep. He was just worried about his pineapples, his garden all the time. He was in terrible shape. And uh, so to be a disciple means that we're willing to let God make the choices in our lives right he's not only our Messiah that saves us but he is our Lord he's our King and that means we have to do what he says so Otto said God this is your garden if you want to give it to these natives who are thieves you know that's your prerogative or if you want to give it to your faithful missionary that's up to you and he thought, surely God wants to give those pineapples to me, right? So it was kind of a process. How many of you know that we're all in some kind of process? And even if you give something up to God, right, sometimes it, it takes a couple times in order to, to get it right. So, and he, would, he used to remind God, you know, when he saw the, the, the natives in there, oh, God, your, your, your pineapples are in danger. He was trying to help God, right? Don't you see? And uh, eventually he realized he needed to kind of fully release the pineapples to God and uh, the the first time he released it he said the peace of God came over him and then the second time when he did it fully the same thing happened the peace of God came over him and you know what those pineapples they grew like crazy God flourished that little garden right because God takes care of that which is his eventually one of the natives uh, uh Haimo, his friend came up to him and said to Han you've become a Christian haven't you and Otto was very hurt. He was very hurt because he's a missionary, right? (laughs) He's supposed to be a follower of Yeshua. And he said, why do you say that? And Haimo said, because you don't get angry anymore when they steal your pineapples. He said, they, right? You know, he didn't include himself. Uh, And Otto thought, well, how does he know what a Christian is? How does he know what a follower of Yeshua is? Then he realized he'd been preaching about Yeshua. He'd been preaching about how a follower of Yeshua ought to be. And they always said, you know, whenever you preached about Christians, we'd hope we'd meet one someday. You know, we are really excited about this gospel you're sharing. Otto realized that his message used to be nullified by his actions, right? Our witness, right, our actions should match up with the words that we say. So, uh, so, so he said, well, I don't need to get angry now because I gave the garden away. And Jaime uh, was like, well, who owns the garden? And he said, you know, they were getting late, they talk every day. He's like, I'll tell you tomorrow. And ha- Haimo pleaded with them. Who, who owns the garden, Tuhan? Who owns the garden? Because you know, they don't know if it could be you know, a chief or it could be you know, another tribe. They don't want to take it uh, if it's someone that could get them in trouble, right? So they, <laughs> this really worried them. Now they're worried about the pineapples, right? And they thought, how can we steal if we don't know who owns it? And uh, meanwhile Otto you know he's going through a lot he thought he'd blown it right because he, he, he said you finally become a Christian right so now he's he's feeling like he's uh, he's really blown it. he spent all these years with these people and his witness is, is blown but he said how many of you know that God is faithful right and God has us in a process and God's purposes are triumphant amen all right so uh, God is is merciful to us you know and uh, he gives us more than one chance so early the next morning they were they were up all night right they they went they went to another village like do you own the pineapples do you know they were trying to find the owner and uh, finally they, they came and they woke him up like very very early and his wife and they say who owns the pineapples and Otto said I gave them to my God in heaven and that really made them think and they said, they're scratching their heads, and they said, well, how many moons ago did you give them to your God? And he said, well, five or, or six moons ago. And there was a big commotion. And they started to get angry. And they said to Han, tell your God you want the garden back. We want you to own it, get it back. You've made a mistake. You're the cause of all the problems. So what was happening? Well, since that time, nothing was going right in the village. Everything started to go wrong. There was no rain. They couldn't catch any fish. Nothing was growing in their gardens. They got nothing when they went out hunting. There was no food. There were no babies being born. And they'd been doing everything. They'd been making sacrifices to their gods. They tried everything. And they said, Tuhan, it's your fault. And he said, Well, why don't you just stop stealing? Yeah, you know, that would be a good solution. And they said, We can't stop, because they were that was part of their culture. And Nahaimo came up to him and, and said, Tuhan, you can't be a Christian and own the garden at the same time. And he got it. What was he saying? It's the same as the same verse that we started with at the beginning of the sermon. Whoever does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple right Otto said discipleship means lordship you can be born again right and fight for your rights but you can't be his disciple because if you're his disciple then he is your Lord and he's Lord of all only lordship is a relationship with God that witnesses to others right so that's why Haimo said he couldn't be a Christian and own the garden at the same time. He kind of got this idea. Haimo said, hasn't this Tuhan been nice to live with since he became a Christian? He'll be angry if he gets the garden back. Let Just let him be a Christian. Come on, people. right?" And the, some of the Aida, natives were still angry. And Haimo spoke to them, if you can't leave those pineapples alone just walk the other way right go if you're going to go down to the river just go around right so you don't even you don't even go near uh his his garden right which is really God's garden now right so what is that principle right you're setting boundaries uh, he's saying you know set boundaries on your life if you can't uh if you if you cuz they had they had never not yielded to temptation they didn't know any other way so Haimo is kind of coming up with these uh, discipleship tools on the fly. And it's very cool. So they thought some more and they said, "Tuhan, does your God see in the dark?" And he said, "Yes, he does." And their eyes were opened, and they started to understand. And they said, "Wow, Tuhan, your God is big, isn't He?" He said, "Oh yes, He's very big. He controls the rain." He controls whether your wife gets pregnant, whether your child gets sick. He said, you can't even breathe without God's help. He holds your very breath in his hands. And on that day, about half of the crowd quit stealing and became disciples of Yeshua. And Otto was able to start a church and train some of them to be preachers and pastors. And uh, that's when his ministry really got going, was on that day. At the end of the story, uh, Otto shares these pictures. And these are, uh, this is just some of our rights that we have, right? That we can give up, right? These are areas of our lives that we can give to the Lord. Our friends, our health, our time, our money. Everything that we have, we can give back to god and sometimes it's a process right sometimes we give it back more than once right this is yours because <laughs> then we want to help god a little bit right like i gave this to you but uh, you know i want st- to i want to help you make sure you know you know how to take care of it well he can take care of it friends he can take care of it and then he shared this picture encouraging us to think about what is your pineapple garden right what are your pineapples that you're holding on to Right these pieces of our lives are pineapples. We can entrust them to God for his purposes That's what it means to be a disciple it means to be a student to be a servant of the Lord it means everything we have everything we are belongs to God This week's Parsha is in Leviticus Which deals with some categories that us modern folks don't often think about you have clean and unclean you have defilement and purity but it's also about space or land right and the holiness of the space something can be unclean and thus unsuitable for holy space in other words if it's going to be in holy space it has to be clean uh, it has to be ritually and morally pure or undefiled And in Hebrew the word for land is does anyone know yes Eretz or Haaretz right so let's take a look at some of the excerpts from the creation narrative and there's a pattern and then the pattern is broken I want I want us to notice this okay this is uh, from day one God said let there be light and there was light day 2 God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the water. Let it be for separating water from water. And God said, let the water below the sky be gathered into one place. Let the dry ground appear. And then day three, here's where it's different. Then God said, let the land sprout grass, green plants yielding seed, fruit trees making fruit, each species according to its species with seed in it upon the land. What's the difference on day three? The first two days, let there be. God speaks and it is. On day three, God is creating through the land. Not let there be grass, let the land produce it, right? He is mediating creation through the land, through Haaretz, okay? So let there be, let there be, and then finally, on day three, let the land. There is a throughness to it, a throughness, which I know that is a made-up word, so don't try to look it up in the dictionary, right? But uh, the land here is the whole earth, which is supposed to flourish by submitting to the creative power of God to bring life, greenness, and fruit, right? Right? Humans, right, Sony and I, we procreated. God brought life through the love marriage that we had, right? And he's bringing life through my wife. She's mediating life. She's partnering with God in the work of creation, even though it's really him, right? So he's partnering with the land, in a sense. And in Genesis, the land is the whole earth. Which is supposed to flourish, right? Haaretz, the land, what does that later become in the scriptures? It's localized, right? To the land of Israel, the land of Canaan, the land of promise to Abraham. This is the land, the physical space through which God wants to flourish the whole earth, just as He wants to flourish the nations through the people of Israel. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the idea of priesthood, the way that God works through, the throughness, if I can use that word, if you'll permit me, right? The mediation of blessing. God wants to, to get through, a, uh, through his people, Israel, to get to the nations so that they may be one. They may all be working together. And now we've come to this week's Parsha, which describes some guidelines for our moral behavior in the land. A holy people in a holy land. Not to be like the nations around them that are already in that land. Why? What are they doing? They're sacrificing children to Molech, to foreign gods. They're doing other disgusting practices, right, which I'm not going to speak about. But you can read it in, in the Parsha. And this is what it says at the end of the Parsha. Uh, This is from Leviticus 18, starting in verse 24. Do not make yourselves unclean. Notice the the word unclean. There's the categories again, right? By any of these things. Because all the nations which I am expelling ahead of you are defiled with them. The land has become unclean. And this is why I am punishing it. The land itself will vomit out its inhabitants right and then you have the the context all around it but you Israel are to keep my laws and rulings not to engage in those disgusting practices neither the citizen nor the foreigner living with you. For the people of the land have committed all these abominations, and now the land is defiled. If you make the land unclean, it will vomit you out too, just as as it is vomiting out the nation that was there before you. For those who engage in any of these disgusting practices, whoever they may be, will be cut off from their people. So keep my charge not to follow any of these abominable customs that others before you have followed, and thus defile yourselves by doing them. I am Adonai, your God. I love that at the end. It's like those political ads. I am the Lord and I approve this message, right? He's putting his name on it, (laughs) right? But the idea is, you know, we see what happens, right? But the opposite is also true, right? If you purify your actions, right, then you can remain in the land because the land is holy, right, these are the categories in Leviticus. Again, the land is defiled by immoral practice, but purified by morality, by following the Torah right because who does the land belong to it belongs to god who do the people belong to we belong to god right so we have to follow him we have to follow his commandments if the people of israel are going to do disgusting things like those other nations they can't be in the land of promise because the land and the people are to be what mediators they you can't have throughness if they're not devoted to god right they're to be devoted to god holy mediators of blessing when the land is dedicated to God for his purpose what happens the people flourish in the land I'm using the word flourish on purpose like a garden when the land is defiled what happens you can't be there you're vomited out when Otto gave his garden to God what happened it flourished those pineapples grew like crazy because that which is God's flourishes when we give ourselves our possessions Our families our children our jobs our wealth our money our finances how many ways are there to say that right we give all of those things to God right when we surrender those things that is when they flourish because it's all his anyway what are we doing we're stewarding it we're taking care of it on his behalf Where is the center of the Earth? We're talking about the land, the Earth, Haaretz. Where is the center of that in the scriptures? Well, Israel. And then the center of Israel is? Jerusalem. And the center of Jerusalem is? The temple. And the center of the temple is? The Holy of Holies. So you can see... These things are dedicated to God for a purpose, and there's there's an increase in holiness, right? But they're all supposed to be mediating blessing. The land of Israel, the city of Jerusalem, the holy temple, the holy of holies, these are mediators of God's blessing. Blessing goes through them. These categories of clean and unclean, holy space being dedicated to God, run throughout the scriptures. Notice uh, there's uh, another piece of the Parsha from earlier describing Yom Kippur, which uh, we read a little bit about earlier in Leviticus 16. This is also from the Parsha. What happens? Well, the high priest would enter the Holy of Holies once a year, and he takes two goats. He sends one off into the wilderness, and the other he slaughters on the altar, as well as rams and bulls. The bull is a sin offering for himself and his household, and the goat uh, of the sin offering is for the rest of the people of Israel. And this is uh, where we pick it up. Just uh, we're just going to look at the beginning of uh, starting in verse 15 of chapter 16 here. Next, he is to slaughter the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the curtain and do with its blood as he did with the bull's blood, sprinkling on the ark cover and in front of the ark cover. He will make atonement for the holy place. So first it's for himself. Then it's for the people. Then it's for what? The space itself. He's making atonement for the space that he's in. Right? You see the the category? It's the land. It's the space that belongs to God. Making atonement for it so that it can be mediation right so that the temple can be the connection between heaven and earth that it's supposed to be right as the people are supposed to be as we are supposed to be the immorality of the people defiles the land and the space makes the holy of holies itself unclean and thus it needs to be purified once a year the first murder in the Bible when Cain kills Abel out of jealousy what does God say You remember what have you done the voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground the ground the injustice is crying out right after college I taught in an area of Mississippi known as the Delta it's not really a river Delta it's the flat floodplain between the Mississippi River and the Yazoo River It's a diamond-shaped land south of Memphis, Tennessee. And it's very, very flat. It's just cotton fields, and you drive in. And a lot of folks who are spiritually in tune say that when you drive into the Delta, when you get there, you can feel the atmosphere shift. Because what happened there? What happened in that space? Well, you have a history of slavery, injustice, Jim Crow, And lynchings of african-americans in that land and a lot of people say they can you can literally feel it right the land is is in a sense unclean it's not uh, not redeemed yet this is a statement from 2007 the citizens of Tallahatchie County made um, and it reads in part quote We, the citizens of Tallahatchie County, believe that racial racial reconciliation begins with telling the truth. We call on the state of Mississippi, all its citizens in every county, to begin an honest investigation into our history. While it will be painful, it is necessary to nurture reconciliation to ensure justice for all. By recognizing the potential for division and violence in our own towns, we pledge to each other, black and white to move forward together in healing the wounds of the past and in ensuring equal justice for all of our citizens. Over 52 years ago, on August 28, 1955, 14-year-old Emmett Till was kidnapped in the middle of the night from his uncle's house near Money, Mississippi, by at least two men, one from LaFleur County and one from Tallahatchie County, Mississippi, till a black youth from Chicago, visiting family in Mississippi, was kidnapped and murdered, his body thrown into the Tallahatchie River. He had been accused of whistling at a white woman. His badly beaten body was found days later in Tallahatchie County, Mississippi. The grand jury meeting in Sumner, Mississippi, indicted Roy Bryant and J. W. Millam for the crime of murder. These two men were then tried on this charge and were acquitted. They were released by an all-white, all-male jury after after a deliberation of just over an hour. Within four months of their acquittal, the two men confessed to the murder. And this is my um, this is my addition. Uh, they were no, no one ever served any time for this for this. Uh, Uh, tragedy. Before the trial began, Till's mother had sought assistance from federal officials under the terms of the so-called Lindbergh law, which made kidnapping a federal crime but received no aid. Only renewed request in December 2002 from Till's mother, supported by Mississippi District attorney Joyce Childs and Emmett Till Justice Campaign yielded a new investigation. We, the citizens of Tallahatchie County, recognize that Emmett Till case was a terrible miscarriage of justice. We wish to say to the family of Emmett Till that we are profoundly sorry for what was done in this community, to your loved one. We, the citizens of Tallahatchie County, acknowledge the horrific nature of this crime. Its legacy has haunted our community. We need to understand the system that encouraged these events and others like them to occur so we can ensure that it never happens again. Working together we now have the power to fulfill the promise of liberty and justice for all. Unquote. In the Bible the land is supposed to be the mediator of blessing culminating in the temple in Jerusalem. And the New Testament picks up on this. Right? Proclaiming that we who are Followers of Yeshua disciples of Yeshua. We are the temple We are the land now the holy space. This is holy space Right where God mediates blessing and flourishes the earth. That's what's supposed to happen So how do we do this? by surrendering Surrendering ourselves and everything that is ours to God. I want to encourage us all all of us right now to to think of one pineapple. Think of one thing that we're holding on to. One thing that's causing us to lose sleep, to have anxiety. It might be a process of release. Maybe you'll, tomorrow you'll have to give it over to God again. And that's okay. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's your children, your money, your time. There's something maybe that's a pineapple (laughs) with those sticky thorns on it right whatever it is we want to give that over to god he says cast your cares on me because he cares cast your cares on him because he cares for you right that's that's what the scriptures say let's commit it to god the land belongs to god the garden belongs to god the pineapples belong to god And we, we belong to God. That means Yeshua is not just our Messiah, but he is our king. And we're his disciples. And we know what that means, right? We're his students, his servants. Being a disciple of Yeshua means he gets to be Lord in our lives. All areas of our lives. He gets to direct our steps because he does a better job than we could. So let's dedicate ourselves to God for his good purpose. And we will see the flourishing of his world in our lives. Amen. Avinu, our Father, we thank you that you are Lord over the whole earth. And we rededicate ourselves to you, Lord, now. And uh, that which is ours, we say is yours. And uh, I want to publicly say that before God and country, that our son... To be is yours he belongs to you and you've given him to us to steward but he belongs to you and just as Hannah wept and wept for a son wept and wept because she was barren and you gave her a son and therefore she dedicated her son Samuel back to you Lord and we know the pivotal role that Samuel played being a prophet being a mighty man of God Bringing, um, bringing Israel from the period of the, these uh, kind of charismatic judges into the period of the kings, anointing Saul and David and Solomon just because he was dedicated to you. So, that which is most important to us, we give back to you. After our father Abraham, who gave his only son back to you, because that's what you did for us. You gave us. Your most important thing, you gave us your only son, that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. We thank you that you are faithful. Help us to be surrendered to you and to be in the process of surrender even after we leave today. And in Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Please rise as you're able for part of the Elenu and the Aaronic blessing. Looking forward to the day when God is king over all the earth, we say... Vene e'mar mar, Vahaya Adonai, Lamele al Kohaarets, Bayom hahu, Bayom hahu, Ye Adonai echad, Ushmo, Ushmo, Ushmo echad. Shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and bring you peace through the mediator of peace, Yeshua the Messiah. In his name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. May you have a good week in the Lord and enjoy counting the Omer. Shabbat shalom.